What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down my rest of season rankings, Fantasy Football Playoff Edition Part 2. Yesterday, I talked about the quarterbacks and the running back position. Today, we are going over wide receivers and tight ends. Going to go over my top 40 or so wide receivers, my top 15 or so tight ends. And we're going to talk about players that, you know, heavily influenced by playoff schedule and recent performance and usage and all that good stuff. We're going to break all that down today. If you guys enjoy at any point, leave a like down below, subscribe to the channel if you are new around here and leave any comments down below. Who am I too high on? Who am I too low on? What do you think of your team? Who, who did I talk about from your team? You guys love commenting that kind of stuff. So make sure to do that down below. But without further ado, let's get right into it. It's a quick reminder, guys, this show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the premier place to play fantasy football this upcoming playoff season. If you guys are out of your fantasy football playoffs, don't worry. You can head on over to Underdog Fantasy and use that promo code FSC at sign up and first deposit for 100% back on whatever you put in. They have awesome stuff going right now with Battle Royale lobbies for weekly fantasy football matchups. You also have stuff like playoff best ball coming very, very soon, where basically you draft the NFL playoffs as you see it happening, predict your Super Bowl winners and stack up from those teams. And you could win huge, huge prizes. The gauntlet will be dropping, I believe, this week or next week. So stay tuned for that. Like I said, promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit gets you 100% back up to $100. So big thanks to Underdog Fantasy for sponsoring the show. Now let's get right into it. The wide receiver position, I will show the full tier list at the end of my discussion here. I'm not going to focus too, too much on recent usage and all that kind of stuff with the wide receivers because we'll be here all day if I'm doing that, especially with these high-end guys. You know what these guys are uh, have been doing this season. You guys know what they're capable of. So I'm focusing primarily on their playoff schedule and their recent outlook. So let's start with the first tier of wide receivers. These are the elite guys. They're never leaving your lineup. If you have multiple guys on one fantasy team with these dudes, then you're probably in a good spot at this position. My wide receiver one for the fantasy football playoffs is Stephon Diggs. And beside these guys' names, you guys can see that there's a number beside it. And basically what that number means is according to my matchup chart, that is their average or their weighted average strength of schedule for the rest of the season. So a higher number is good. It means they're playing bad defenses. A lower number is bad. It means they're playing good defenses. So Stephon Diggs, 17.33 is his average strength of schedule metric. Big time toss up at the top here between Stephon Diggs, between Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. A lot of these guys are de deserving as being the wide receiver one for the rest of the season. But the best schedule goes to Stephon Diggs. Ergo, he is my wide receiver one rest of the season. Miami and Chicago the next two weeks, both defenses that are very exploitable. Potential shootouts there as well. And the Cincinnati Bengals in week 17, expecting a high over-under type of game in the fantasy championship. All of those defenses are exploitable. All of those offenses can put up points. That makes Stephon Diggs my wide receiver one for the rest of the season. Moving on to wide receiver two, we have Tyree Kill. He is pretty much immune to Tua's downplay. The past couple of weeks, he's still been fine. But right now, he has Buffalo, Green Bay, and New England for his fantasy playoff matchups. Those guys are tougher defenses. So even though there's some shootout potential in that Buffalo game in week 15, I doubt there's going to be a ton of, you know, Dolphins hanging 40 on bad defenses because all those defenses are quite good against the pass. And we've also seen Tua Tungavailoa struggle against better defenses in recent weeks. Wide receiver three for me is Justin Jefferson. Tough matchups for Justin Jefferson right off the bat. In week 15, he gets the end 
Indianapolis Colts, a likely shadow corner matchup from Stephon Gilmore, one of the best in the game. Giants are an easy matchup in week 16 if you're able to survive that, but then a tough Packers defense in week 17, although Justin Jefferson did absolutely torch them in week one for 180 yards and two touchdowns, so that might not matter quite as much. Regardless, he's still a top three wide receiver. These are just tiebreakers for me at the top. Wide receiver four for me is Jamar Chase. Each one of these guys has some tough spots, pretty much every guy that I've talked about so far. But Jamar Chase has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New England Patriots, and Buffalo Bills. So nothing too, too easy. But as long as Boyd and Higgins are still banged up, he'll be just fine. As long as Joe Burrow is playing at the level that he's been playing at all year, he'll be just fine as well. So no worries there. Wide receiver five for me rest of the season is Devontae Adams. He had a down game against the Rams in a shadow matchup against Jalen Ramsey. The Patriots, the Steelers, and the 49ers are all Brutal matchups for Devontae Adams. I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to have him even lower than this because none of these defenses are very favorable. And Devontae Adams is mortal. They show that, you know, teams like the Patriots and Steelers that are good at scheming out your best player, they will be able to take care of Devontae Adams potentially, but he's still in your lineup. He's still a guy at your starting. Wide receiver six for me is A.J. Brown. He has the Bears in week 15, which should be an absolute romping by the Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys week 16 for the all-important NFC East showdown. You do have to worry. This is the one concern, and it's probably only with the Philadelphia Eagles that you'd have to worry about this. Are they going to be playing for something in week 17 against the New Orleans Saints? Because if they win the next two games, then they probably will have already locked up their division, locked up a bye week, and they might be resting starters at least in the second half of week 17 against New Orleans. So if you're a A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith manager, you're probably hoping that they lose to the Cowboys just so that they have to play their starters in week 17 against a lowly Saints team that could be starting me and Danny at corner um, with all the injuries that they've had. Wide receiver seven, CeeDee Lamb. Lamb probably has one of the easiest set of matchups against uh, the week 15 Jacksonville Jaguars, week 17 Tennessee Titans, then a tough matchup in week 16 against the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles, but that's an important game. I'm sure they're probably going to rely on CeeDee Lamb quite a bit. Of these top eight wide receivers, he has the easiest schedule of all of them, so definitely important to note with CeeDee Lamb. Wide receiver eight, we have Amon Ross St. Brown. If you have a bye week this week, then I would argue that Amon Ross St. Brown has the easiest schedule because he has a tough matchup, his toughest matchup in week 15 against the Jets, number one ranked defense against fantasy wide receivers, but he has two cupcakes after that, the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears, the final two games. So if you have a bye week this week and you have a Monroe St. Brown on your team, like the uh, top seed in my league does, you are going to be in great position for him to go berserk for you in the fantasy playoffs. All eight of these guys that I've talked about as my top eight wide receivers in this elite tier, they have alpha target shares. They play in good to great passing offenses, so no concerns there. They would definitely be in your lineup no matter what. Wide receiver ones. This is the you know back-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two kind of tier. Wide receiver nine for me is DeAndre Hopkins. He would be in that first tier, but now without Kyler Murray for the rest of the year, that kind of downgrades him a little bit. Broncos and Bucks the next two games as well is also not ideal, but he does have an easy matchup in week 17 with the Atlanta Falcons. So if you're able to get by with DeAndre Hopkins, there's a good chance that he can reward you in week 17. Wide receiver 10 is DK Metcalf. 49ers and Jets, two of his final three games. So that's definitely not ideal. But this is a guy getting eight-plus targets in four of his last five games. So he's still very viable despite the tough matchups against the 49ers this week and the Jets in Week 17. Wide receiver 11, a big-time riser for me since the last time I did uh, rest of season rankings, is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has two games in a row with 14 targets now. He's finally back from the hamstring injury that hampered him pretty much the entire season. And he faces the Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, and Los Angeles Rams. And those last two teams especially, not a lot to play for. They're probably going to be playing for draft position or whatever the case is. And the Tennessee Titans, a very exploitable wide receiver matchup for uh, Keenan Allen should pay huge dividends for those of you guys that maybe bought him low or if you advanced him into best ball tournaments or whatever the case is, he should be very good 
down the stretch. Wide receiver 12 is T. Higgins. We're kind of assuming health here because he did leave uh, week 13's game with a hamstring injury. Uh, Zach Taylor did come out and say that he's just day-to-day, so I'm going to trust him there and assume that he's going to be ready for week 15's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, week 16's game against the New England Patriots, and then the Buffalo Bills in week 17. Again, just like with Jamar Chase, they're not easy matchups, but you got two very winnable games against anemic offenses. Time of possession will be huge for the Bengals against the Bucs and the Patriots because they should dominate those games. And then one shootout potential in week 17. So you can spin it positively in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers. Wide receiver 13 for me is Jalen Waddell. Tua's down play has affected him a lot more than Tyreek Hill. Um, But Buffalo, Green Bay, New England, like I said, for Tyreek, Tougher matchups, especially if the Dolphins are struggling to move the ball like they have been in recent weeks. But hopefully Tua Tungavailoa can turn it around. The Dolphins offense can get going yet again. I don't think they're going to be terrible the rest of the season. I'd expect them to probably bounce back given the sample size we've seen all year. Wide receiver 14, closing out this tier for me is Amari Cooper. Some relatively easy matchups for the rest of the year. Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington entering last week's game. He was on the injury report, so as a game-time decision, we weren't expecting a huge game out of him in Week 13. The other tough thing is that Deshaun Watson hadn't started in like 600 days or whatever it was, and he comes in against you know top five defenses the past two weeks against the Houston Texans and against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, against the past. So these easier matchups, Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington should help Deshaun Watson play much better than he's been playing, as well as him kind of just shaking off the rust, getting back into football shape. So the next tier that we're going to talk about is the wide receiver twos. This is you know Chris Godwin, Chris Olave, Tyler Lockett, Garrett Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, and Christian Kirk. Wide receiver 15 for me is Chris Godwin, Bengals, Cardinals, and Panthers, all exploitable defenses over the middle of the field. Godwin has at least nine targets in eight of his nine fully healthy games this year. More of a floor play than a ceiling play, given how the Buccaneers offense is playing, but definitely a solid option nonetheless. Wide receiver 16 for me is Chris Olave. The Saints shouldn't have much to play for. Um, given their record, but somehow they have a chance to still win their dog shit division and be in the playoffs. So Atlanta, Cleveland, and Philadelphia, the final few games, it's possible that the Saints offense gets going a little bit. I've already talked about it in yesterday's video that Alvin Kamara has easy matchups as well. So they should be able to move the ball a little bit better than we've seen in recent weeks. Two really good spots and then a brutal matchup in the championship. Hopefully he does well against the Philadelphia Eagles if you have Chris Olave. Wide receiver 17 for me is Tyler Lockett. As I mentioned for DK Metcalf, the 49ers and the Jets, two of his final three games. Tyler Lockett has scored a touchdown in six straight games. So he's definitely been heavily involved in the red zone. I am expecting him to be probably just fine as a wide receiver two for you. Wide receiver 18 for me is Garrett Wilson. Five of his last six games, he's had 75 yards. Some of those games actually were quarterbacked by Zach Wilson, so very, very impressive. Lions, Jags, and Seahawks, his final three games. Very, very easy schedule for him down the stretch. One of the easiest in the NFL at the wide receiver position. Wide receiver 19, Brandon Ayuk, 19.67 is his score, so he also has a very easy schedule as well. The Seahawks are his Week 15 matchup on Thursday night, but he has Washington and he has Vegas the final two weeks. Uh, our complete money matchup. If you're on a bye week, you'll skip that Seahawks matchup and it should be just fine for you. Plus Debo Samuel is expected to be out, I would say at least another two games, if not for the rest of the fantasy football playoffs. He went six for 81 and a touchdown in the only game this season that Debo Samuel did not play. Uh, plus it was that Rams defense, uh, which is a little bit tougher pre meltdown from what they've had this year. So if he was able to do that against the Rams should be good in good spots without Debo Samuel on the field, wide receiver 20 for me is Mike Williams, only 65% of the snaps last week in his first game back. 
but 116 yards and a touchdown definitely helps make you feel good about his outlook in the playoffs. He has the Titans, he has the Colts and the Rams, as I mentioned for Keenan Allen. Wide receiver 21 is Mike Evans. He's been kind of fleeced out of some long touchdowns this year. He dropped one against Carolina, one called back last week against uh, the 49ers on a holding call. He's basically just Mike Williams in a worse offense right now. But like I said, Bengals, Cardinals, and Carolina Panthers, the final three games. Who knows? Maybe this Bucks offense can turn things around and get hot to close out the season. Mike Evans, if you were able to get to the playoffs with him, he could actually really uh, pay off for you down the stretch. Wide receiver 22 for me is Terry McLaurin. He's averaging nine targets per game since Heineke took over. Two of his three matchups are beatable, including this week versus the Giants and the title week in Cleveland. Just got to hope and pray he does well in week 16 against San Francisco and you're able to move on. Wide receiver 23 for me. Closing out this tier is Christian Kirk. He has the Cowboys, the Jets, and the Texans. Oof. All three teams are absolutely clamps against fantasy wide receivers. As good as Christian Kirk has been all year, he may let you down in the playoffs, which is why he's significantly lower than he's been. Uh, wide receiver 23 for me. Like I said, he's a top 12, top 15 receiver on the season in fantasy points. So he's definitely not in a good spot throughout the fantasy playoffs. Wide receiver 2-3 fringe, the next tier that we're going to talk about here. Final tier that I'm going to go in depth with. Wide receiver 24 for me is Jerry Judy. Probably up in the air what Russell Wilson's status is after the concussion that he suffered against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. But Judy had a great game. Three touchdowns, 75 yards. He's got a favorable stretch against Arizona, against the Los Angeles Rams, and then Kansas City again, who he just had three touchdowns against in Week 17, the Fantasy Championship. So encouraging for Jerry Judy. Wide receiver 25 for me is Christian Watson, the second easiest schedule among fantasy wide receivers. Watson has been on a tear pre-bye week, as we know. Then he gets the bye week in Week 14. Coming back post-bye week, the Packers have the lowly Los Angeles Rams, who've pretty much given up on the season, a cupcake Dolphins pass defense, and then the easiest matchup in the NFL for fantasy wide receivers with the Minnesota Vikings in the Fantasy Championship. I think Christian Watson is going to be money down the stretch, and I would be willing to bet that whoever wins Best Ball Mania 3 has like a Justin Jefferson, Christian Watson, Week 17 correlation because those two guys could go berserk in that game. Wide receiver 26 for me is Devontae Smith. He's been pretty much steady Eddie. Some games he won't get to the targets due to the talent around him. But the Bears this week definitely helps the Cowboys and the Saints rest of the season, as I mentioned, for A.J. Brown. Wide receiver 27 is Juju Smith-Schuster. Finally back to full strength in time for the fantasy playoffs, so you can absolutely trust him coming off of the concussion. He has been, uh, last week, he was back up to 80% of the routes for the first time since November 6th. So he's really been dealing with that concussion. It's been a problem for him, and now he's fully back. Kansas City has a rough schedule with Houston, with Seattle, and with Denver. All of those teams are very good against fantasy wide receivers, but it's Kansas City. They're pretty much matchup proof because of Patrick Mahomes, so I'm not all that worried. 28, we have Michael Pittman Jr., Vikings, Chargers, and Giants. The Colts don't have a ton to play for at this point in the season, so not sure how much I trust Pittman overall, but he's still a viable flex play because he's getting like average, uh, an average of like nine targets per game this season, so he's pretty solid overall. Wide receiver 29, and he'd be a lot higher if it wasn't for the Kyler injury. But uh, Marquise Brown, just when we were about to get excited about Marquise Brown and Hopkins being on the field at the same time with Kyler Murray as the quarterback, Kyler probably blew his knee out. And I I'm assuming by the time you guys hear this, it'll come out that he tore his ACL, which is unfortunate for him, of course. Just one game for Hollywood Brown this year, though, with eight, uh, less than eight targets. So even if it's Colt McCoy, he's still a viable flex option. Broncos, Bucks, Falcons. Uh, so starts off really hard if you guys have a bye week. Hopefully you skip that. Uh, Broncos matchup just got to wonder how ineffective the offense is 
round one of the playoffs with Colt McCoy going up against the Denver Broncos, one of the league's best pass defenses. So hopefully in my, uh, in uh, my dynasty league, the tone setters league, I have Marquise Brown. Thankfully I'm on by this week. So I don't have to worry about that. And he should be just fine going forward. The final guy in this tier wide receiver 30 for me, DJ Moore. exploitable matchups with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Detroit lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But who knows how Sam Darnold will play because he's kind of a, you know, a wild card. He, plays pretty bad when he has a lot of pass rush in his face in Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Tampa Bay can definitely get after the QB. So definitely concerning there, but DJ Moore overall, a relatively easy schedule. So moving on to the final tier of wide receivers, I'm not going to go too in depth on these guys. Wide receiver threes, you see them there. Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Gabriel Davis, uh, Jacoby Myers, Traylon Burks, Debo Samuel, just given the injury, Adam, uh, Adam Thielen, Michael Gallup, Cortland Sutton. And then I have Elijah Moore at wide receiver 40. This is a little bit of a hot take because Elijah Moore hasn't been very good this year, but he has um, reached himself back into, you know, running 90% of the Jets routes. Like I said, with Garrett Wilson, they have a very easy schedule. And also he got 10 targets last week and Mike White's been playing pretty well. So I, I like Elijah Moore there at the tail end, uh, but you guys can see their schedules. Who's got the good schedules, Deontay Johnson, Jacoby Myers, Michael Gallup, Cortland Sutton, and Elijah Moore, as I mentioned. And then, you know, Adam Thielen, uh, Traylon Burke, some of those guys have harder schedules. Drake London is interesting at wide receiver 32 as well, just because we have Desmond Ritter now starting for the Atlanta Falcons, not Marcus Mariota. So maybe that means more pass attempts. We uh, can only hope and pray for Drake London's sake. So this is the full wide receiver tier list. If you guys want to take a picture of it, if you want to pause the video and look it over, go ahead. Uh, let me know what you think is too high, too low down below in the comment section. Going to close this video out with the tight end position. I'm not going to spend too, too much time on tight ends because they're tight ends. We kind of know if you got a good one, you got a good one. And if you don't have a good one, you kind of just stream. But the first tier of tight ends is just called Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is the elite tight end in fantasy this year. He's basically, you know, the giga chat of the tight end position. He is clearly the tight end one. And not only that, as I mentioned for Juju, there, he has one of the hardest schedules, in fact, the hardest schedule against fantasy wide receivers. But conversely, those same three defenses are terrible against tight ends. He has the second easiest schedule against tight ends. And we know this Kansas City Chiefs offense runs through Travis Kelsey anyway. So if they're tough against wide receivers, easy against tight ends, we're probably going to have Travis Kelsey getting peppered with 15 targets against some tight end challenge defenses. He's going to be awesome. If you guys have Travis Kelsey, I think you're on a one-way ticket to a fantasy championship. Tight end uh, two is Mark Andrews for me. He has the 14th easiest schedule. Um, for these uh, defenses against the tight ends, I don't actually have a matchup chart for the tight end position. So I'm just going off of adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends via draftsharks.com. So that's what that number means. Uh, Mark Andrews should be just fine going forward. Um, weak performances recently, but Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, all exploitable matchup against the pass. We don't know if it's going to be Huntley. We don't know if it's going to be Lamar Jackson, but hopefully uh, one of those guys is back. And uh, I think Mark Andrews will be a stud regardless. Uh, tight end three, George Kittle, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, cha-ching for George Kittle. He's the seventh easiest schedule at the position. As long as Brock Purdy can continue to play well, continue to get the balls to the playmakers, he may win some people some cash. And especially if Debo Samuel is going to be out for the next couple of weeks, that opens up some targets for Ayuk, for Kittle, for Christian McCaffrey, and all those involved. Tight end number four for me is David Njoku, one of the more difficult schedules for the tight end position against Baltimore, New Orleans, and the Washington Commanders. But Decent for the passing game in general. So as long as the Browns are moving the ball on offense, then they should be just fine to get David Njoku the ball. We saw David Njoku come alive yet again last week. He's got too big of a weekly ceiling for me to not put him this high up with a guy like George Kittle. So 
Even though David Njoku's been inconsistent at times, he has such a high ceiling. So he's definitely up there. Tight end five, closing out this like mid tight end one tier. We got Dallas Goddard, who has the hardest schedule for the tight end position, but the Bears and the Saints don't scare me overall as defenses. And the Eagles are just like kind of like a matchup proof offense anyway. Goddard is eligible to return from IR this week, which is why I have him rated this high. So if you've got him, you could probably throw him into your lineup, assuming he gets activated. But hopefully if you guys have him, you're on by this week. He gets one week to ramp up, and then in week 16, you're ready to go with Dallas Goddard. Uh, I I know I personally have him in the Tone Setters Dynasty League, and that's, I'm hoping, what ends up happening. Tight end six in the next tier. We got the low-end tight end ones here. These guys you can rely on for sure, but uh, they're not quite as good as the other options. Uh, tight end six, we have Dalton Schultz. He's been great the past few weeks since he's come back from injury, and the Cowboys have a good schedule minus the Philadelphia Eagles in week 16. And actually, the Philadelphia Eagles' biggest weakness has been the run game and tight end, so Dalton Schultz might actually have a big game in that one. Tight end seven, we have Pat Fryermuth, Carolina, Vegas, and Baltimore. The hardest defense in that mix is actually the Baltimore Ravens, and they just so happen to be the worst against tight ends of those three defenses. So uh, definitely a solid matchup. Uh, stretch for Pat Fryermuth. He's been pretty consistent all year getting targets, you know, not scoring a ton of touchdowns, but he's been pretty solid overall. Tight end eight for me is Darren Waller, who is also eligible to return from IR this week. It'd be a lot better for Waller if the Raiders had won Thursday night football against the Los Angeles Rams because then they'd have more to play for coming into these the stretch run to try and make the playoffs, but they're technically not mathematically eliminated yet. So I'm sure they'll be playing at a high level or trying to at least. For Darren Waller. And then closing out this tier, we have TJ Hawkinson. He's gotten six plus targets in every game since he's been a Viking. Colts, Giants, Packers, all mid-pack against the tight end position. So he'll be just fine. And then finally, this streamers tier is probably, if, if you don't see a tight end that you're rostering in at least this streamers tier or better, then I would say you probably need to search the waiver wire for some better options. Tight end 10 for me, Evan Ingram. He had a blow-up game this past week. That makes him interesting. Greg Dolchich is my tight end 11 here. Great schedule and consistent targets. Tight end 12, Cole Komet. He's getting good red zone usage, getting some targets here and there. Tight end 13, Gerald Everett. Red zone usage has definitely been good for him as well. And now he's fully healthy coming off that groin injury and uh, the whole Chargers offense fully healthy, so it makes them a lot more potent. Tight end 14, Hayden Hurst. Tough matchups for the wide receivers, as I mentioned, for Higgins and Chase. And also those guys are kind of banged up as well. So maybe Hayden Hurst gets some more looks. And then finally, to close out the video, tight end 15, Hunter Henry getting solid targets and the Patriots are playing for a playoff spot. So overall, this is the tight end tier list. If you guys disagree, if you agree, let me know down below in the comments. Like I said at the beginning of the video, if you guys did enjoy, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. I promise we got everything you need to help you bring home your fantasy championship. I'll be talking about some strategy stuff tomorrow's video. Make sure that you guys are doing these things that I talk about for your fantasy title run. And then also, as soon as the fantasy season is over, that's when we get into like the reflective content. What did we learn? What can we bring into next year? And also when we get into the rookie drafts and dynasty and all that good stuff. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Stick around here uh, at the Fantasy Stock Exchange. I promise this is the only YouTube channel that you need to be subscribed to to help you with fantasy football. Uh, and I truly mean that. I think we have some of the best content out there and you guys tell us all the time in the comments as well. So appreciate all of you guys for the support this year. Hopefully you guys got plenty of fantasy teams in the fantasy playoffs. Maybe you're not even worrying about this week because you have so many good teams that you're on by and all of them. That is what we hope for, uh, the case is for you guys. But anyways, peace out and we'll talk to you soon. Why you need the money?